You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a bootcamp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report podcast. All right. Welcome to the May 2020 Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. I'm Liz. And I'm Jess. And we are from the Course Report team. So we spend our days helping students choose the best coding bootcamps for them. But each month, we round up all of the most interesting bootcamp industry news that we read about and chatted about in the Course Report office. Of course, we're talking about our virtual office since we're working remotely. And we share it with you. You may be losing track of what day it is, but summer is just around the corner, and we updated our summer boot camps list. It's a perfect time for college students or teachers on summer break to do a three-month boot camp. This year, all of the boot camps on our list are offered online, and a couple of these schools have actual summer-specific boot camps like Full Stack Academy's Summer of Code. Yeah, those are great. So we're in month three of the coronavirus pandemic and the subsequent shutdown. So quite honestly, all of the news in May was related to COVID in one way or another. But there were so many interesting developments. We can't wait to get into all of them. So Jess, what are we going to cover? We'll start with updates from boot camps in reaction to COVID-19, including a bunch of scholarships. Then we're going to talk about how coding boot camps can fit into the larger effort to retrain the workforce in the U.S. and internationally. We'll also look into some public Q1 earnings for a few big boot camps like Thinkful and Trilogy. Plus, we'll cover a couple of layoffs from schools in May. We'll touch on some new research about how COVID is impacting women in tech. And of course, we'll tell you about all of the new coding boot camps that we added to the course report directory in May. So let's start with the most important updates from schools about the changes that they're making in reaction to COVID-19. The Toronto-based coding school Juno College of Technology just sold off its 12-acre campus this month. Juno CEO and founder Heather Payne explained to Betakit that the sale was actually in process before the COVID-19 pandemic and that Juno still plans on reopening its newly renovated downtown Toronto campus as soon as it's safe to do so. Amid COVID-19, Juno has also expanded its pay-what-you-can income share agreement program to make their boot camp more accessible. Unlike other ISA programs, Juno allots a certain budget for its ISAs and pays for them out of the school's own profits. In 2019, Juno budgeted $500,000 for ISAs, but this year, Juno has increased that budget to closer to $1 million so it can support 20 to 30 students in their pay-what-you-can model. Thanks for breaking down the difference in that ISA. That type of school-backed ISA is actually very unique in these times. So that's really cool that Juno's doing that. And several boot camps are trying to secure PPP loans in the U.S. The Hill and Biz Journals talked to Juha Mikola, who's the co-founder of Miami Coding Bootcamp WinCode. They said that they saw a 35% decrease in enrollment, but they weren't approved in the first round of PPP. The status was really confusing. Um, they used Bank of America, a huge bank, in the first round, but they were approved in the second round. And one difference that they said was that they used two smaller banks when they applied in the second round of PPP. So could be some nice takeaways for other schools in the U.S. who are going after those small business loans. 
And this month, we saw quite a few boot camps mentioned in the news for offering scholarships and free or discounted courses to essential workers and those who have lost their jobs due to COVID-19. So here's a quick rundown. Grand Circus in Detroit is offering a community relief scholarship to anyone who has lost their job or lost working hours. The scholarship covers 50% of the boot camp tuition. WinCode, the Miami coding bootcamp we were just talking about, transitioned online for COVID-19, and they're offering free tuition to its July cohort for eligible students that qualify for career source resources. European Bootcamp Codeworks is now offering UK companies support to upskill their workforce with free online JavaScript courses. It's a 15-hour course, and it covers JavaScript basics and includes live support from Codeworks instructors. In Africa, Lawagon has joined forces with Honoris United Universities to provide a free online web development course. Reviture announced the launch of Code First, a new initiative that provides free instructor-led virtual coding courses to the families of essential workers. To support this initiative, Reviture will be donating around 2,000 hours of instructor-led virtual coding training to essential workers and their families, as well as those who have been impacted by COVID-19. To support those affected by COVID-19 in Indiana, the nonprofit tech school 1150 Academy now provides a free online intro to coding course. And to meet the needs of those looking to upskill now, Momentum has transitioned their in-person course to an online classroom, making it as interactive as possible with virtual games and breakout rooms over Zoom. Their virtual demo day now allows for a wider number of individuals and professionals to attend and meet with bootcamp students. With these new online classroom capabilities, Momentum is hoping to support more individuals who are looking to reskill right now. So those updates from boot camps and reaction to COVID are super important. And as some states in the U.S. and countries around the world begin to reopen, we'll even start keeping you up to date about which schools may start to open their in-person campuses again. But for now, let's talk a little bit about how boot camps will fit into the larger wave of reskilling the workforce and getting the world back to work. The founder of Hyperion Dev, Riaz Mula, was quoted in a South African publication saying, quote, In the world post-COVID-19, we are likely to see job posts and career opportunities that differ from those offered previously. The onset of remote working and the dramatic focus on digital and virtual offerings means that people skilled in supporting these areas will be in much greater demand. Then in Forbes this month, the two founders of School 16, Sergey and Vadim Ravzin, wrote about the future of adult education and remote learning. They say that in the university space, quote, there has been relatively little innovation in tuition repayment options, content delivery methods, and administrative support in the form of career services for post-education employment. For professionals seeking to increase their value in the job market, Time, cost, and marketability of skills will likely continue to be the biggest concerns when choosing continuing education options, end quote. And then both of those opinions support this point that was made by Anna Stepanoff, who's the CEO and founder of Wild Code School in FE News this month. Anna predicts, quote, face-to-face training certainly won't disappear, but it will be increasingly complemented by 
online training, attracting new audiences. Rural inhabitants will be able to access quality training opportunities, which are often less developed in countryside areas. Similarly, people who are unable to commute to a training center or a building on a daily basis will be able to follow them from home, which will help to further strengthen the mix of audiences in online courses. The current crisis has radically accelerated our collective digital transition, and e-learning will continue to grow, becoming an important tool for tomorrow and not the distant future. Another Forbes piece this month mused that the two foundational skills for the future of work will be coding and empathy. Since computers don't understand our language, the need for people who can translate human instructions into programming code so a computer can carry those instructions out will obviously only increase. The demand for empathy in the workplace, though, will be an increasingly valuable entrepreneurial skill. The future of work will need people who can identify problems others may be facing and then be able to conceive of and develop those solutions. That is a really great point when we think about automation as well. So if e-learning and remote boot camps represent the immediate future of education, then workforce development programs in the U.S. should be fueling those, getting new students to take advantage of training programs like boot camps. But Jeff Mazur, who is the executive director of Launch Code in St. Louis, they've been doing really cool work for a long time. He talked to St. Louis Public Radio in May about the shortcomings of these programs in a post-coronavirus world. As one example, Mazur points to the local job training programs that are funded through the Federal Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act program, in which workers have to show up at a job center in person. That is just obviously obsolete in this world, but coding boot camps can be that bridge between workforce development investments and individual students. So it's definitely worth looking into more. We can listen to a little bit of Jeff's perspective on St. Louis Public Radio here. You think about not just the, as you noted, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands of Missourians who have filed for unemployment, or you think about the 36.5 million Americans who have filed for unemployment. All of the, all of this points to the idea that uh, the digital experience and digital access, be it work from home or digital business and online business, has become critical in this moment as we as we lock down and as we shelter in place. Um, yet the services that um, we really need people to get access to, so that they can. Um, uh, prepare themselves for the post-COVID era are things that are sort of locked away for them in in-person settings. And and that, I think, that contrast is just something that I think um, hopefully can help us help get the federal government and get all of us to a place where we're more comfortable with doing a lot of this work in the digital sphere than we have been in the past, where we could sit back in the easy place of saying, well, you know what, as long as there's a job center open that someone can come to, then we've sort of done our duty. We think we really have to think more innovatively and and be forward thinking about the kind of experience that people have when they seek these services. Here's a devil's advocate argument from the data scientist Raul Agarwal. Raul published a critique in Built-In about the legitimacy of new data scientists entering the field right now. Agarwal is concerned that data science is becoming a fad, causing many people to flock to the field with the goal of only getting a better paycheck. While Agarwal says he doesn't have a problem with the increase of learning opportunities like boot camps for those wanting to break into data science, he's worried that these programs aren't giving new data scientists top-down understanding. 
And Sajudi Das of Analytics India magazine wrote an opinion piece this month addressing the shortage of data scientists right now. Das's main concern is that data science programs are training students to be a jack of all trades, master of none. Das points out that data scientists in the workplace have a more refined understanding tailored to the needs of a specific company. Das emphasizes that those training to be data science should have knowledge of the methodologies being used in the real world today, plus have good mentorship from seasoned data scientists. Woof. Devil's advocate is right. That's a pretty pessimistic perspective. Their concerns about data science education are both valid, but we would like to point out that there are still plenty of rigorous, comprehensive data science boot camps out there right now, which are truly providing the training that they both describe. Yeah, as with any major decision, if you're looking to get into the data science field through a boot camp, you've got to do your homework. Keep in mind that data science is not just running code. You're going to need to understand the math and theory behind that code and be excited to learn about all those elements. So look for boot camps that provide their students with mentorship, career guidance, and are committed to helping you grow your professional network. And the other thing that both of these guys point out, which are really important, is that you've got to kind of specialize in something within data science. You should have that kind of broad set of skills, but folks who actually take an interest in one specialization within data science go further. So even though the global economy has slowed down, there's still momentum in the online bootcamp space. Liz, what do we know about the first quarter of 2020? So EdSurge dove into earnings and projections for several public ed tech companies post-outbreak, including Chegg, K-12, and 2U. This piece is by Tony Wen, who writes about boot camps all the time, super knowledgeable. Just to reiterate a point that we've talked about before, Tony explains that education is usually countercyclical to the market, especially during times of economic downturns. So when jobs are scarce, people turn to schools and services to reskill and prepare themselves for the rebound. He looks at Chegg, which owns Thinkful, which is an online boot camp. They reported that Q1 2020 revenue hit $132 which was a 35% increase from the same period last year. But they didn't share details on Thinkful's performance specifically. That's something that we'll watch out for in future earnings reports. Just an aside, according to TechCrunch, Chegg experienced its third data breach in the past three years, which undoubtedly affects Thinkful as well. EdSurge also looks into 2U, which owns Trilogy, and they say that short-term courses from Get Smarter and Trilogy, the line of boot camps that they now own, reported a 216% revenue increase, $57 million over the same period. So that is actually very much evidence of Trilogy growing itself. Yeah, and to piggyback on that, Trilogy continues to maintain momentum for 2U. With the increasing demand for online learning amid the COVID-19 outbreak, Seeking Alpha reports that 2U's Q1 results were strong. 2U managed to grow its top-line revenue by about 44% while slowing down the growth in its marketing expenses, and they attribute a lot of that to Trilogy. All right, so some slightly more negative news. As you probably already know, Flatiron School is owned by WeWork. And as part of the WeWork layoffs, Flatiron School reported that they had to do some layoffs of their own. This Business Insider article isn't terribly clear, but we know that Flatiron School cut at least 100 jobs. However, remember that they did some layoffs at the end of 2019, and it isn't really clear whether these are additional layoffs or not. Flatiron School is also closing its London and Atlanta campuses. 
And finally, we saw that the global online learning platform Udacity now has a new chief marketing officer. Kenny Kim was the former global head of growth marketing for Google Shopping and has now joined Udacity to help them continue to add new courses and nano degree programs. Kim will also oversee the company's continued efforts to raise awareness of Udacity's employee reskilling capabilities. So we see that online boot camps are continuing to grow, but is now the best time to enroll in one? News in May was buzzing with ideas on the pros and cons of online learning, how online boot camps and resources are adapting their courses to meet today's student needs, and exploring whether those with student loans should take on more debt in order to make a career change. So Jess, start us off with an example of a boot camp that's iterating quickly and shifting the student experience online. UK's software bootcamp makers published a piece in the Cambridge Independent about how it's addressing the well-being of its students right now. Makers has always incorporated activities like yoga and daily meditation into their bootcamp, but now that everyone in their cohort is learning remotely, Makers is addressing their students' mental health needs with one-on-one holistic coaching sessions, virtual water coolers so students and teachers can interact outside of the online classroom, and folding an emotional intelligence curriculum into its coding course. Technically, Philly attended a virtual demo day at Tech Elevator on May 1st and wrote about their experience. They hosted it on Zoom and Tech Elevator set up Zoom rooms so that you could wander from room to room virtually watching the 14 graduating students explain their different projects. And now those students are job hunting. So the author points out that while the cohort is graduating into uncertain economic times, a recent Economy League of Greater Philadelphia report shows that Philly's tech sector is among the strongest during the pandemic and is likely to grow as more companies adapt to remote work and increase technical and cybersecurity needs. One thing is for sure, I think we should expect more of these virtual demo days and virtual graduation days. In fact, I got to do a couple of virtual coding bootcamp tours with Learning Fuse and CodeSmith this month. It's really important if you're a future bootcamper, you've got to learn about the nuances of those online classrooms before you make a decision. We caught a thin extra piece about the pros and cons of debt. Many studies show that the biggest aspiration of millennials is to be debt free, but this fin extra piece reminds us that taking on debt is sometimes a positive necessity to investing in your future. For those with student loan debt right now who are looking to reskill or career change, fin extra suggests checking out income share agreements, so ISAs, or using a financing partner to make debt cheaper and more flexible. Well, speaking of income share agreements, let's check in on the school that is almost synonymous with ISAs, which is Lambda School. In a publication called Protocol this month, CEO Austin Allred sat down for a Q&A. He expressed his concerns about traditional education transitioning online and maybe getting it wrong. But my biggest takeaway from this interview is that Lambda School seems to have taken real action in response to the negative press and feedback that they've gotten in the past few months. So Austin says, quote, In the past, we tried to be too much to too many people. We had investment offers. We had people that were saying, go, go, go. Let's grow this thing. And it really came down to me at the end of the day, talking to our instructors, talking to our employees and people saying, you know, if we push this too far, we could break everything. 
end quote. So now Lambda School is focusing on fewer things, but trying to do them better. They've wound down their Africa pilot and they're reducing the number of courses that they offer in order to focus on quality. And in the first quarter of 2020, Lambda says that they received over 30,000 applications. You can compare that to the total 60,000 applications that they got in all of 2019. And that approach makes me quite hopeful for Lambda School. And just a cool, quick tech update that came on our radar this month. GitHub just released this new Codespaces function on its website. Codespaces will make it easier for developers to join a project, launch a developer environment, and start coding all from their browser. All right. So that was a lot of good context around online learning, but we also read a bunch of articles about the job hunt. This is undoubtedly one of the most important parts of the bootcamp experience, but doing it remotely adds a layer of complexity. So Jess, what kinds of tips can you share about Zoom? The Daily Mail broke down the ins and outs of how to master a Zoom job interview. The top things to keep in mind when doing a Zoom job interview is choose a quiet location, have yourself lit from the front and not the back so your face is clearly visible in the interview, and do a few practice runs to make sure you're comfortable with your setup. Don't panic if there's a technical hiccup in your Zoom job interview. You can always quickly apologize for the interruption and then move on. Those are very relevant tips. And in Forbes, Joseph Liu asked recruiters to share nine mistakes that job seekers are making amid the coronavirus pandemic. One of them was, of course, video conferencing struggles, but also unrealistic salary expectations and a lack of empathy were on the list. And recruiters also gave tips to overcome those mistakes. So it's a nice piece to put everything in perspective. I should also mention that we published a piece with Flatiron School's expertise about how to structure your online job search. We also published a few tips about how to network online with Thinkful. And we put together this guide, Four Steps to a Remote Developer Career, from choosing a bootcamp to really proving yourself in your first remote job. All of those are on the Core Support blog now. We caught a piece on TechSpark with a list of resources for tech talent who have been furloughed. TechSpark reminds us that now is a great time to volunteer to stay active in the tech community. Also, there's probably never been a better time to upskill using either free resources, participating on GitHub, or enrolling in a bootcamp course. This article includes links to tech meetups and other tech blogs that you may be interested in checking out, so we'll be sure to include the link in our blog roundup. Information Week also published their top 10 programming languages that are in demand right now. The top three programming languages on their list are JavaScript, Java, and coming in at number one is Python. Christine Hall, a reporter for Crunchbase, explored one industry that is still going strong, which is the financial services industry. As she points out, COVID-19 is pushing companies to accept mobile payments or give their brick and mortar store an online presence, and that all requires financial services. Fintech companies continue to fundraise and get investments despite the economic downturn. And as financial services continue to hire, Crunchbase points out that boot camps like Flatiron School are ensuring that there is a pool of talent to actually hire. So Flatiron's head of careers, Gretchen Jacoby, says that there are students who have a financial background, such as students who had a background in accounting or marketing before they went to a boot camp, have had a lot of success in being hired. 
And now let's do a quick catch up on the discussions we read around diversity and tech this month. Liz, what got your attention this May? Well, COVID-19 is impacting everything, obviously, including women who work in tech. TrustRadius, a software review company, conducted this survey of everyone who works in the tech industry. About 600 tech professionals participated, and they found a few things. One, that women are more likely to be laid off than men. Two, that women generally bear a greater childcare burden than men. Three, that women feel greater pressure to be productive. And four, that women tend to be more concerned about the impact of COVID-19 on people of color. That data set is important because I think it's a great first step. Just showing that inequality exists is key to addressing it. So Jess, give us an example of how we can address it. Across the pond, we saw a really cool new initiative to boost diversity in tech. The Voice reports that a coding boot camp called The Black Coder was just launched by startups Nevo Enterprise and Coding Black Females. The Black Coder was created to help unemployed Black and minority ethnic females in the West Midlands area of England find opportunities to work in the tech industry. It's a 30-week part-time boot camp, and learners with little to no tech background are encouraged to apply. Liz, stories about new schools launching were a bit quiet in May, but a few new boot camps still came on our radar. Yes. Wish TV reported that WGU, which is Western Governors University, has partnered up with Indianapolis-based Kenzie Academy to offer a new avenue for students to earn an IT degree. The partnership will allow Kenzie Academy graduates to transfer their credits into one of WGU's online College of Information Technology degree programs. Both WGU and Kenzie Academy say that this partnership is needed in our increasingly skills-based economy. And we saw an interesting new course called Live Coding now being offered by the new school. Wait, what is Live Coding, Jess? Live Coding incorporates writing code in order to change a live process, so like sounds or visuals, usually during a performance. This course is part of the new school's new minor program. It's called Code as a Liberal Art, which treats computer science as a means for creative expression, cultural criticism, and civic awareness. And this month, we added 14 new schools to our course report school listings, and 10 of those were university coding boot camps. We added University of Miami Digital Marketing Boot Camp, Nexus at University of Michigan Cybersecurity Boot Camp, New Jersey Institute of Technology Cybersecurity Boot Camp, which are all being powered by HackerU. And we also added Western Washington University Boot Camp and the University of Houston Online Boot Camp, which are run by Digital Crafts. We also added Hofstra University Boot Camp and Colorado State University Pueblo Boot Camp, which are affiliated with Quick Start. And we added Syracuse University Coding and Data Science Boot Camps, Suffolk University Boot Camp, and Emerson Voice Technology and Design Boot Camp, which are all being run by Stack Education. We added four online coding boot camps to course report as well. Coding Deep Dive is a software design boot camp for those who already have some experience with code and are just looking to level up. Emerging Ed offers cybersecurity, data science, and blockchain courses. Le Reacteur has part-time and full-time courses in web and mobile development, both online, and then they also have a Paris campus. And we added Deep Dive Learning Academy, which has a 28-week full-stack boot camp. 
Well, welcome to those 14 new schools. Welcome to Course Report. If you graduated from one of those schools, be sure to go to Course Report and leave a review of your experience. We always have a $500 Amazon gift card sweepstakes going for folks to leave a review. So just to wrap things up today, let's talk about our favorite pieces that we published on the Course Report blog. What was your favorite piece to work on this month? I really enjoyed speaking with Full Stack Academy cybersecurity bootcamp grads, Fabiana and Sarah, and learning about their bootcamp experience, how they got their CompTIA certifications, surviving their own job hunts, and what a cybersecurity professional actually does every day. You can watch the video Q&A or you can read the transcript or both um, on our blog. Liz, what was your favorite piece this month? May was full of great interviews. I got to talk to a Thinkful graduate who's now a software engineer at Twitter. And as I mentioned before, I did a couple of virtual classroom tours with boot camps that are now online. But my favorite piece in May was definitely catching up with Jane Shaw, who is the IT manager at Progressive Insurance. If you've been following Course Report for a while, her name probably sounds familiar because we actually talked to her in 2016 when she was just starting to hire Tech Elevator graduates. And even during the pandemic, Jane is still hiring Tech Elevator grads. In fact, Jane has hired a total of 55-0 bootcamp graduates since 2016. And three of those new hires started May 11th, which was during the pandemic. So life is not slowing down at Progressive and they're continuing to hire, which is really good news. And then Jane also gives great advice in this Q&A about how to stand out in the interview process as a bootcamp grad. So it really is a must read. And that does it for our May 2020 podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Keep checking in on Course Report for the latest about boot camps that are moving online or even reopening now. We'll see you next month on the June Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. And we love feedback. So email us your thoughts at hello at coursereport.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please help other future boot campers find it by going to iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you found this podcast, subscribing to the Course Report podcast and leaving us a review. And we will see you in June.